0: Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. Awesome. Very good, very good. Well, how are you, you good? Good. Well, we had a little, Vacation last week, and uh, we got to spend a little time in in L.A., and uh, it was a, quite an adventure. Um, Texas is the promised land, officially. Officially, everyone we met in L.A. wished they lived in Texas, except for the heat in the summer. That's the only thing that they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't want. But uh, we had a wild time. I'm sure we we'll hear some stories as uh, as we get through these next couple of weeks. Um, We had dinner in the same restaurant with Elton John. That was kind of an exciting moment, right? You look over and you're like, that guy looks just like Elton John. And my friend is like, that's because that is Elton John. (laughs) Okay, it's Elton John, the restaurant. All right. Praise the Lord. I'm moving on. Uh, Are you good? That was just a little highlight. And then Ludacris. We met Ludacris at the mall. That was kind of fun, too. Some of y'all, you know, appreciate that. Whatever. All right. I'm going to pray. We're going to get back to the spiritual part. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this service. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the incredible things that you're going to do. God, we just bless uh, you. We bless your name. We elevate you in your name, Father. We live for you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, as we continue this series called Inspired, and I have loved this series. I hope you've loved it as well. We've talked about so many different things. The theme of this series is about being in the spirit, living in the spirit, being connected to the spiritual side of you, but more than that, coming to a place of understanding that your identity is actually in Jesus Christ and having the Holy Spirit in your life. And the best life for you is a life where you are completely in sync with the spirit of the living God and you're walking in the fullness of who he is in you. It's easy for us to be caught up in the temporary things of our personalities, the temporary things of maybe our, our gender or our race or whatever, and think that those things are a predominant part of our identity, but they're simply not. Those things are temporary. Those things don't exist in heaven. They're not eternal. The spirit of the living God inside of you is eternal. Your spirit is eternal. And it's important that you understand that while we're here in the temporary realm, we need to be focused on our eternal identity as priority and the eternal focus and mission that God has for us. And we need to live an inspired life. Amen? I love to be around people that inspire me. I love to be around people that are ahead of me, they're beyond me. They might be beyond me in business or they might be beyond me in marriage or beyond me in parenting or beyond me in in finance or in anything. I like being around people that are better than me because it makes me better iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens the countenance of his friends. It's important that we're picking. Guys, I can tell you, I've watched people self-destruct their lives because they picked the wrong people to be around. They were around people that didn't inspire them. And it drugged them down. And so that's an important thing. So today what I wanna get into is I wanna talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We've spoken about the gifts of the Spirit. We've talked about the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the breath of the Holy, we've talked about so many different things and in the Spirit-filled church, someone asked me, what kind of church are you? Well, we're a a Christian church. We believe in the whole, I don't know what to call us. We're non-denominational, we're definitely Spirit-filled. We don't fit in any specific denomination but we believe in the entire Bible and basically whatever Jesus said, that's the deal. And whatever Jesus did, that's the deal. Jesus is perfect theology. He's the perfect way to think. He's the perfect way to pray. He's the perfect way to believe. Whatever Jesus did and said, that's what we believe. Amen? But the truth of the matter is there are different denominations that they don't necessarily focus on the gifts of the Spirit. They might not believe that they exist still today, but they focus on the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is incredibly important. And sometimes in the charismatic church, we skip over the fruit because we're focused on the power and the gifts. But the reality is, you can't please God without fruit in your life. So it's really important. I I plan on preaching this message to you all in one session today. But I'm just going to follow the Holy Spirit and see what comes out, and it may bleed into next week. I do want to let you know next week is Father's Day, and I'm sure we have some announcements about that, but it is a really big deal. And I want to encourage you, be here. We've got a food truck. We've got some games. We've got some really, really fun stuff. You know, Mother's Day is one of the biggest days of the year because mothers want their, their, their family to be with them in church. That's what they want for Mother's Day. Fathers want to go to the lake or play golf or whatever. And, and so, I just want to encourage you to be here next week. It's going to be a really powerful day. It's going to be a lot of fun. And is it, is it hamburgers or tacos? What is it? Hamburgers. hamburgers. Every father gets a free hamburger next week. We're grilling them out right out front. It's going to be awesome. And you don't want to miss that. And um, it's going to be fun. And if you're a future father, or you got a, your father in the making, you got a bun in the oven, you can get a free hamburger too. It's all good. What's that? Proof is, no, proof is required. That's right. We got to see the bump. We got to see the bump. You know, not on you, dad bod, not on you, but uh, the other bump. I want, to talk about, uh, I want to talk about just fruit for a second, just the concept of fruit. God made fruit. When he made, the, when he made the earth, he made fruit. And he made fruit specifically for pleasure. He didn't make broccoli for pleasure. He didn't make Brussels sprouts for pleasure or cauliflower or green beans. Those are not for pleasure. He made fruit for pleasure. And I don't know about you, but I love good fruit love good fruit Uh, i've had the opportunity probably to go to central america about 20 times between mexico and nicaragua and uh, costa rica over the last 20 or so years and my favorite thing about being near the equator is the fruit the weather's nice but I'm telling you, when you're, you meet those little vendors and they, they literally peel a mango for you and, and hand it to you, unreal. The pineapple down there, the fruit that they have down there, it's nothing like the fruit we have up here. It's a completely different type of fruit. And literally, one of my favorite things in Nicaragua, Nicaragua's not necessarily a, a I'm sure they're nice places to go, but it's a war ravaged place. But I have these memories of the juice at breakfast because they would juice a watermelon, They would juice a cantaloupe. I'm talking the most unbelievable juice you ever had in your life because the fruit down there is different. It grows in volcanic soil. It's next to the equator. It gets a lot more sun year-round. The rainforests are very prevalent down there. It's a completely different environment, and the fruit is just different. Have you ever had bad fruit? You ever been into an apple that you thought was gonna be really, really good, and then it was mush, and you're like, You can't hardly even, you want to, how about a bad, a bad peach? Oh God, all dried out and nasty, right? Bad fruit is really repulsive. It's really repulsive. And as the people of God, we've got to figure out how to produce good fruit. Because in the same measure that good fruit is all about pleasure It's about pleasure for us. God actually, contrary to popular belief, God likes pleasure. He created pleasure. He likes pleasure. He doesn't want pleasure to be our God. Sometimes it can become that. But he loves pleasure in the right amount, at the right time. It's very important. In the right moderation. Pleasure is a beautiful thing. Well, your fruit that you produce in your life is what gives God pleasure. And if you don't produce fruit, you don't please God. Did you know that you're commanded to bear fruit? It's not an option. Jesus literally commanded that you bear fruit. That's the only thing that makes you valuable, is that you bear fruit. If you just exist on the planet, you're not useful to God. If you exist for yourself, you're not useful to God. I, I know all parents have probably told their children this at one point in time, but it's not about you. Right? You ever said that to somebody? Don't say it to your wife. Uh, but, but, but your kids, you could say that to. It's not about you. Right? There are times in life that it's simply not about you. And when it comes to pleasing God, it's not about you. Does that mean that God wants you to live a suffering, horrific life? No, he doesn't. He wants you to have pleasure, he wants you to enjoy. He created the world a beautiful place for a specific reason, but he wants you to obey him. He wants you to live for him. He wants to be your first love. Jesus said it like this, John 15, verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire. And they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in me in you, you will ask me. Whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Fruit is is not optional. Fruit is a command. So we need to figure out, A, what are these types of fruit that God wants to see produced and born in our lives? And B, how do we produce fruit? How do we actually do it? Because the last thing any of us want is to go through life and think we did well and get to the end and realize we didn't. Because there's only, there's only two responses when you stand before Jesus. Well done, come on in, or depart from me, I never knew you. And the tricky thing is that Jesus specifically described people that thought they knew him, thought they lived for him, thought they did work for him, and he said, man, I never knew you. You were a part of a religious system but you never actually built a relationship with me it's a scary thing to think about see it's not about religion it's not about the system it's about a relationship with jesus christ first and foremost so what are the fruit of the spirit what is it that jesus is looking for the passage on the fruit of the spirit, the predominant passage, there's a number of passages that mention the fruit of the spirit or fruit being born in your life. Uh, one passage talks about the fruit of righteousness, which is a beautiful thing uh, to think about that when you walk in the righteousness of God, you produce fruit that's righteous. Uh, that, is, that means, righteous means in right standing, okay? So if, if, if you and your spouse are getting along and everything's going good, you're righteous with your spouse. If you're sleeping on the couch or you're in the doghouse, you're not righteous in your house. Does that make sense? It's about alignment, it's about connectivity. So in order to read this passage and get to the fruit of the Spirit, I have to start with the the, the passage right before that which talks about the works of the flesh. Now I intentionally don't spend a lot of time talking about sin because most of us, you understand you have a conscience, you have the Holy Spirit, You know when you're doing wrong. You don't need me beating you over the head. I talked to a guy a while back, he goes, I wouldn't go to your church, Joel, because I want someone to scare the hell out of me every week. i want to preach about hell and sin and fire and whatever, and that's just how I grew up, and that's what I want church to be. I'm like, don't come to my church then. We're not gonna fit in very well here. I wanna focus on heaven, and I wanna focus on Jesus, and I wanna focus on the good things in life. The bad things in life are gonna find us out, And I'll get to something in just a moment that'll help you understand my philosophy about this. I'm not trying to avoid talking about sin. I'm just saying I don't think it's as necessary. Jesus didn't talk about sin as much as he talked about other things, okay? And so I'm gonna try to focus on the type of teaching that Jesus would do. But it is important to point things out at times and to steer people the right direction. So let's look at this. Galatians 5 verse 19 says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, or another translation says, the works of the flesh, are very clear. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, those words in the King James are adultery, fornication, and uncleanness and lewdness. So basically it covers all of sexual sins outside of marriage. Just for your information, God made sex And he made it very, 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 very good inside of your marriage. Inside of your marriage. Outside of your marriage, sex is massively destructive. It's a fire that rages, it burns, it can never be satisfied, it will destroy everything. But inside of your marriage, it should be very important. Amen. Father's Day is next week, just saying. Anyway, works of the flesh. Starts out with sexuality. Then it moves on to idolatry. Well, I don't have any idols. An idol is anything that takes the attention away from God. Possessions, house, car, purse, shoes, your children, a hobby, your work, anything that takes attention away from God and takes his place and your focus is on it instead of on him is idolatry. Sorcery. Oh, well, I've never practiced witchcraft. You know the actual word for that in scripture? Sorcery? pharma Pharmacy. Making drugs, mixing drugs, taking drugs, using drugs, abusing drugs. Oh my God, I wanna get political, I'm not going to. Sorcery. Hostility. Quarreling. Jealousy. See, you can get. Oh, I'm not. I'm not involved in sexual sin. Do you quarrel? You jealous? You hostile? Hard to get along with? Grumpy? Irritable? Outburst of anger? Do you drive in Texas? <laughs> Works of the flesh. Outburst of anger. Now, get this. Selfish ambition. It's what I want, what about me? These are works of the flesh, these are not fruit of the spirit. These are the things that displease God. Dissension, what is dissension? Means I'm out, I'm out. I'm out on you, I'm out on that, I'm out. Do my own thing, dissension. Division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties or reveling in other sins like these. Let me tell you again, I, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So this is something serious to pay attention to. Because you can walk right down the list and say, man, I never get drunk, and I don't go to wild parties, and, and I, man, I don't, I don't have idols, and I, I'm not involved in sexual sin. But what about selfish ambition? What about jealousy, or envy, or, or dissension, or division, or, or anger, or whatever? Any guys, he, he didn't list these things he put them all on an equal level. If you have pride in your life that causes you to look down on other people, it's just as evil. It's just as deadly. See, we as Christians, we, we, we look at things and we look at people that sin on the outside and we judge them. But we all have sin on the inside. And your inside sin is no, no less deadly than someone else's outside sin. See, Jesus says one man's sins go out in front of him and another person's trail behind him. There are people that have already died. And in the news, it comes out what they actually lived. 20 years later, their sins are finally coming out. But it doesn't matter if it's hidden or if it's open, they're all bad. And we need to focus on putting to rest or putting down or disobeying our flesh. It's an important thing. One of the most powerful words you can ever have to keep yourself on track and help you have a great life is the word no. And it's to say to yourself, you have to be able to tell yourself no. Because if you don't tell yourself no, you'll say yes to a whole lot of bad things. No is an important word. All right, so let's move on. We got that? Anybody need me to beat you over the head with sin a little bit more? We good? We good? Okay, we're good. Galatians 5:22 says, "But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit." Let me ask you a question. Who produces it? Holy Interesting. Interesting. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Some of you need to literally put that on a sticky note on your mirror, write it in lipstick, put it on your dashboard every day, all day, every day, all day. That's how you want to live. Everything you do, love, everything you do, joy, peace, Oh my God, patience. Nobody likes patience. That's the, word, that's the worst P word in the whole world, patience. I don't want to wait for nothing. Give it to me and give it to me now, right? drive through windows, microwave ovens, uh, Amazon Prime. Now. Kindness. Oh man, a little kindness goes a long way. Gentle answer, turns away wrath. Goodness, just doing good. Faithfulness, I'm not going to quit on you. Gentleness, I'm going to be soft when I want to be hard. I, I, I'm going to be soft and, 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 and easy to get along with and easy to deal with. And self-control, watch this. It says, there is no law against these things. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our Lives, God, Guys, if this, is, if this was easy, we'd all be doing it, and we'd, we'd have so much fruit in our lives, we'd never have to worry about the works of the flesh. Now, I do want to point out that, that the word works of the flesh is very different than the Holy Spirit producing fruit in your life. Anybody like work, just hard labor? Some people do. Some people really enjoy it. Other people like to hire the hard labor out. Let somebody else do that part, right? We all have work to do in our life, but but work is hard. Did you know that work is actually the curse? When Adam fell in the garden, they, they weren't supposed to work. They were supposed to just be in the garden together. Best looking dude, the best looking chick, one thing, babies. And they sinned and the curse was work, right? So it talks about these sinful natures, there's, there's labor that's connected. See, the, the scripture says that sin is fun for a season. Anyone that tells you that sin isn't fun does not know what they're talking about. But there's a, a timestamp on it. Because at some point in time, that sin becomes unfun, it becomes addiction, it becomes curse, it becomes something that robs from you. you, can never get enough. But it is fun for a season, and that's why we get stuck in it. So let's talk about this. How is fruit produced? Well, we know, first and foremost, it's not by work. And the second thing we know is it's not by us. Because we read the Holy Spirit produces the fruit. Have you ever thought an apple tree, how hard does an apple tree work to make those apples? Does it it strain? Does it grunt? What about a a peach tree? A pear tree? Does does the tree itself put any work into it? No. What does the tree have to be? Planted. The tree has to be planted. In order to produce fruit, you have to be planted. Planted. Psalm chapter one, verse two. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. That's a, that's, a, that's a psalm that's about you. That you will be like a tree planted by the river of life. Bearing fruit in every season, your leaves never wither, and you prosper in all you do. What a wonderful promise from God. And there's one contingency, planted. Planted in the right place. Look at this, Psalms 92, verse 12. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish In the courts of our God, they will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Come on, what a great passage. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of their God. They will still bear fruit in old age and they will stay green and fresh. Come on, that's a great promise. There's one requirement. Planted. You can't produce fruit unless you're planted. See, Christianity and religion in a lot of ways has has had a couple of different misses, I would say. A miss, getting off target. If your Christianity, if your religious practice is about trying not to sin, if your focus is on trying not to sin, you're going to sin. Because you're focused on sin. You ever notice when you be driving down the road and you look over at a car next to you and all of a sudden you realize that you're going that direction? And you gotta straighten out? If you're riding a motorcycle, you know how you turn a corner? You look, that's it. You fix your eye where you wanna go, the bike will follow it. You don't, have to, you don't turn the wheel. You look and you lean into it, that's it. What you focus on creates your future. And if your focus is on sin, trying not to sin, you're playing on defense. Your whole life's on defense, your Christianity's on defense. It's almost football season. I don't want them boys on defense. I want them on offense. I want them grinding down every single team, turning them into powder, keeping their defense on the field the whole time, wearing them out. I don't want our team, I'm glad we're gonna have a good defense, in Jesus' name, Holy Father Jesus, give us a good season for once, God, in the last decade. Can we just have one good, sorry. But we gotta be on offense. Can I tell you some of the times that I have sinned the least in my life? It's when I was so busy, planted in the presence of God, planted in the house of God, planted in the work of God, that I didn't have time to think about sin. I was so busy on offense that I didn't have time to think about sin. I was too busy on offense, planted in God's presence, planted in God's house, planted on God's mission. I remember we used to take these teenagers on mission trips. My favorite thing of anything we ever did was take kids on missions trips. It was so transformative for them. But I would literally, you're so in the mission, you're living in the mission. And I would be like, my God, it's been seven days since I repented about something. I've literally been on, I've been so focused on doing God's work, on being in the presence of God, I haven't even had time to sin. When did David meet Bathsheba? When he took a break from the mission, when he sat on his couch during the time that kings go out to war. Oh, we Americans love the couch. We love the recliner. We love the remote control. We love to chill. You're not called by God to chill. You're called by God to live on a mission and the way you bear fruit is to plant yourself in the presence of God and plant yourself in the house of God. Jesus said, if you abide in me, plant yourself in me, plant yourself in my presence. The most important thing you do every single day is plant yourself in his presence. If you don't have a segment of your day that you put yourself in his presence intentionally, you're playing to lose. You're playing to lose because you're focused on you and not on him. I'm not trying to beat anybody up today, but I'm going to shoot at you real straight. Because I was a coach before I was a pastor. And I'm going to coach you. And I'm going to challenge you. And I'm going to push you. If I don't challenge you, I'm failing you. God challenges me. Jesus said, abide in me, live in me. Two things, planted in his presence, number two, planted in his house. Planted in his presence, planted in his house. See, it's all about where you plant. If you put the right plant in the wrong soil, it won't bear fruit. If you're planted in the wrong place, see, see, I'm not mad when people leave our church. Because maybe God's calling them to be planted in the right soil, maybe this soil isn't great for them, that's okay. The most important thing is that you leave right and that you actually heard God. Because you're only gonna bear fruit if you're planted in the right soil. You have to be in the right environment. There's gotta be, a plant has to have soil, water, the appropriate sun, the appropriate heat. Guess what else? Guess what else a plant has to have? Other plants. Do you know that a tree can't produce fruit on its own? It it needs, trees are male and female. Interesting. You can't put boy trees together, produce fruit. Can't put girl trees together and produce fruit. Has to be male and female. Just hear whatever you heard. <laughs> the other thing is it has to have bees. There has to be insects, butterflies, things that, that there has to be the involvement of an outside power. So they're connected, they're, they're together. But they have an outside source and they cross-pollinate. One of the biggest misconceptions that I run into all the time is people that think they don't need church coaching a, a CEO, business owner. I'm like, tell me how your church is. He's got all kinds of problems going on in his family. How's your church? Ah, you know, we, we don't really go. I don't really feel like I really need church anymore. I mean, I've got my own personal disciplines. I've got my own personal life. You know, I'm, I'm close with God. Everything's good. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about your wife? What about your kids? It's not about you. Now his family's falling apart, completely falling apart. Don't need church. The other one I hear is, yeah, you know, I'm just kind of done with church. I had a bad experience. Dude, I get it. Me too. I thought I was going to be done with church a few years ago. But the reality is, Jesus died to build a church. And the church is flawed. And it's flawed because we're here. It's not flawed because of Jesus. It's flawed because of humans. But the church, no matter what, the church is still the vehicle that Jesus picked. And you cannot produce fruit on your own. You have to be connected together as the church to produce fruit. And let me tell you, the bigger the orchard is, the bigger the garden is, the more cross-pollination there is and the more fruit that's produced. Well, we just hang out at the house and we just watch online. Hey, I'm so glad you're watching online. I love you watching online. But don't forsake the gathering together of the brethren. Don't forsake it. You gotta be together. You cannot be who you're called to be. You cannot produce the fruit that pleases God alone or with with just your little family or just one set of friends. Nothing wrong with the home church. Nothing wrong with it. But it's important that you cross-pollinate and you build relationship. We're simply better together. We're better together. We're better together. I want you to be online with us. I want you to worship at home. That's wonderful. That's fine. That's called life. But intentionalize being together. Why? Because Jesus is the only one that had all of the Holy Spirit inside of him. Jesus had the fullness of the Holy Spirit. All of the Godhead dwelt inside of Jesus in bodily form. You don't have that. You have a portion of the Holy Spirit. You have a Share of the Holy Spirit. We are called partakers of his divine nature. You are not self-sustaining. You are not sustainable all by yourself. You don't have enough of the Holy Spirit all by yourself. You need each other because someone else has the part of the Holy Spirit that you need in your life, and you can't be who you're called to be without other people, and you've got to prioritize the church. I'll never back down from this. I'll never back down from this. And this is what's so upsetting, is you see people that come in the church, they start out in the church, they're broke as a joke, can't, can't, can't rub two pennies together, marriage is a disaster, kids are a mess, they come in the church, God puts their life back together, all of a sudden they're prospering, they're doing really, really, really good, they're flourishing, and they're like, yeah, I just don't really need the church, I'm not, it's not really, it's not about you. Now that God's got you put together, now it's about other people and what you can bring to other people. It's not about you. And what I've watched sometimes is the wealthier people get, the more, the more they isolate themselves because they become about them. So it's just not about you. This isn't an indictment against wealth. No, no, no. God wants you to, to do well. He wants you to prosper. You know why? Because he's a dad. Any of you want your kids to be broke? Any of you want your kids to be sick? But you want your kids to suffer? No, no earthly, no earthly parent wants their children to suffer, be broke, have zero success. Every earthly parent wants their kids to do well. In fact, good parents want their kids to do better than they did. And how much more does your heavenly father want for you? So don't think that I'm some kind of name it, claim it, prosperity gospel thing. I I just believe that God is good. He's good and he wants your life to be better. Is he gonna allow you to go through hell? Yeah. Is he gonna allow you to go through some suffering? Yeah. Does he want you to stay there? No. Because he's a good God, he's a good father. He wants you to elevate, he wants to draw you up. He's a God of elevation. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He takes it next level, next level, next level. So we've got to create a habit, a habit in our lives where we plant ourselves in the presence of God on a daily basis, and we plant ourselves in the church of God on a weekly basis. What if I miss a week? It's okay. I missed last week. Actually, I did, and I was in another church in Flagstaff, so I'm way better than you. I'm just joking. <laughs> i stupid. I'm just joking. The truth of the matter is most of the time when I go on vacation, I'll go see my parents and they're like, do you want to go to church today with us? I'm like, no, I'm in church like 50, 60, 72 weeks a year. It's not even seven, there's not many that, there's not many that year, you know that. But it's like, I live in church. So sometimes I go on vacation and I want to take a break. That's okay. I'm not saying, it's, it's just okay. Take a break. But plant yourself. Because here's what happens. Someone comes into church, they make relationships, they get connected, they start to flourish, and then someone offends them. So they pick up their little roots, and they shuffle over here, and they plop down two miles away at my friend's church. And then he offends them, pick up their little roots, shuffle back over here, they plop down at my other friend's church. We talk about y'all. Hey, watch out, this person just left and they're coming your way. Ooh, my thanks for the warning. Yeah, they're weird. They pick up again and they shuffle over here and they plop down in another friend's church. Come on, all us pastors in McKinney, we're friends. We love each other. We're in unity together. And what happens, watch, what happens is, is if you're not careful, you're not a planted tree, you're a potted tree. Ooh! You're potted. You're potted. You cannot produce fruit at the level God wants you to produce in a pot. The soil is too small. It runs out of nutrition too fast. You're potted. Skipping around here, skipping around there. I'll just watch this guy line. I'll watch this guy. I'll watch this guy line. You're potted. You got to be planted. See, I, I have for now 10 years, 11 or 12 years now, I guess, I've grown banana trees. I love banana trees. They make me very happy. And, and, and I had from a house 12 years ago, I bought banana trees online and I still have in our new house, the babies. Thank God this freeze almost ruined my banana farming experience. I have one banana tree left. It's now sprouting and it's got two sprouts so I can split it and I'll be able to plant, replant. But, but I because I have harvested and grown banana trees for 12 years, I understand there's a very big difference between a banana tree that's in a pot and a banana tree that's in the ground. When a banana tree is in a pot, it will max out at about four foot, and it won't produce fruit. If I put it in the ground, it'll be 12 feet, and it won't produce fruit the first year, maybe not the second year, but the third year, I'll eat bananas from Plano, from wherever I've been. I've eaten bananas out of my yard multiple years because I understand how to plant it, how to tend it, how to nurture it, and the most important thing is it's in the soil, not in a pot. This is an anti-pot message. We gotta quit. We gotta quit uprooting ourselves. Gotta quit uprooting ourselves. Jesus is so good. Ephesians 2: For by grace you've been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift from God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You are not saved because of your works. How good you are has zero basis on your salvation. How much fruit you produce has zero, zero. Actually, I take that back. The works you do have zero effect on your salvation. The fruit you produce by the Holy Spirit does have a difference, does have a say. But it says, you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So there are good works for you to do. And he created them ahead of time And one of the reasons it's so important for you to be planted in his presence so you'll hear his voice and you know what he's calling you to do and planted in the church is because it's in cooperation with each other that we align and we find great mission and great works to do. you got to do the work. The final thing I want to talk to you about today is judging the fruit. Judging the fruit. This is going to get a little personal. Don't get nervous. Jesus said in Matthew seven eighteen, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. If you're a good tree, you make good fruit. If you're a bad tree, you make bad fruit. Every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. See this illustration again. It says, thus, by their fruit you will recognize them. Now watch how he says it in Luke chapter six. It's the same stories, it's the same passage, but Luke translates it a little differently. He says in verse 44, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, watch. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. See, the fruit that's in your life isn't just actions. The fruit that's in your life so what comes out of your mouth? Oh, this one's hard, isn't it? Well, I don't curse. Don't you? Doesn't have to be a bad word to be a curse. Speaking evil about someone, speaking jealousy, speaking anger, venting, gossip. Oh, Christians love gossip. Oh, they love gossip. Mmm, gossip. We watch entire networks on television that are all about gossip. The whole thing's gossip. It's destructive. Look at this. Proverbs 1820. From the fruit of their mouth a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Do you know that Jesus said that you would be judged for every idle word that comes out of your mouth? That is the scariest verse in the whole Bible to me. Some of y'all are quiet. You're gonna have an easier time at judgment than me. Loud folk, we get ourselves in trouble. We get ourselves in trouble. Every idle word, oh my gosh. James, Jesus' brother said, if anyone is never at fault in what they say, they can be perfect and keep their whole body in check. Wow. Guys, we need to watch the fruit that comes out of our mouth because it's going to fill your belly and it'll either make you healthy or it'll make you sick. You can make yourself sick with the bad fruit that you produce right out of your own mouth. Comes out of your heart, the abundance of your heart. How do you control what the abundance of your heart is? You control what goes into your heart. You control it. Being planted in the presence of God, one of the greatest ways to control what's in your heart. Because your heart is a reservoir of what you take in. It's a reservoir of what you take in news podcasts movies gossip conversations evil communications see we think of the phrase we think of the 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 proverb bad company corrupts good morals when you translate it properly it actually says evil communications corrupt good morals oh we're taking media media communications communicate we we soak up communications so full of evil why would we be shocked at what comes out of our mouths when we take in so much evil. We need to stop the influx of evil, plant ourselves in the presence of God, spend way more times hearing the voice of God, way more time hearing the word of God, way more time hearing the worship of God, way more time hearing the opinions of God, way more time having pleasant, wonderful, godly conversations instead of listening and taking in all of the junk of the world. A friend of mine used to say, eat bread, look like bread. (laughs) Soft and doughy. (laughs) Guys, it's important, we gotta figure this out. Because if we don't learn how to produce the right fruit, we're not gonna please God. And in fact, if we don't learn how to produce the right fruit, we're gonna end up living in the works of the flesh. And we'll be devouring each other, we'll be destroying each other because we're selfish 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 the flesh is selfish and we've got to learn how to deny our flesh Jesus said deny yourself daily pick up your cross and follow me I want to give you five habits real quick number one stay planted every day planted in God's presence every week planted in God's house number two tame your tongue bite that sucker if you have to stop saying the stuff that you shouldn't say say something different you mean be fake Joel yes for some of you yes for me sometimes yes when you want to say I you're such a I love you so much you're such a wonderful gift from God I'm so grateful God put you in my life change the atmosphere a gentle response turns away wrath stay planted tame your tongue deny your flesh obey the Holy Spirit's lead see when you're planted in the presence you start getting sensitive to the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit will start prompting you to do something give something say something bless someone obey the Spirit's lead you start obeying the Holy Spirit on a daily on a daily basis you'll begin to live in the joy of God. Next thing you know, you're doing, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's mercy, it's joy, it's patience. You're obeying the leading of the spirit. It's the fruit of the spirit. The spirit is producing in you godly fruit that pleases God. Lastly, take every opportunity to do good. In every every moment, at every time, take every opportunity to do good. Guys, we're all works in progress. None of us perfect. We all need Jesus. If you don't need Jesus anymore, it means you're already dead. You still need him. You still need him. Let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. Father, we just repent as a church for our flesh. For the works of the flesh god we all have times in our lives where we fall off and get in the flesh it's just a natural part of life we have to choose to deny our flesh we have to choose to put the flesh down god we ask you to draw us into your presence help us to plant ourselves in your presence on a daily basis help us to plant ourselves in your church on a weekly basis help us to stay in your spirit and stay in relationship not uproot ourselves and not pot ourselves over time and isolate ourselves, but to plant ourselves in his presence and in your house. Father, help us to hear your voice and to obey your spirit and to follow your nudge to do good everywhere we go. Father, help us to tame our tongues and to speak life, to produce the fruit of the spirit in our lives with our actions and with our words by the leading of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Listen, if there's anybody here today and you feel far away from God, maybe you've been off the path, you've been off course, and you wanna get right with God today, this is your moment right here, right now. Watching online, this is your moment right here, right now. You're a part of our church. We want you to be here with us in person as often as you can, but we're glad you're online with us. And we know this is a tool and it makes a big difference and it's effective. But right now, wherever you are, if you need to get right with God, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, I need you in my life. I can't do it on my own. I need you, Jesus. Come into my life, fill me, save me. I make you my Lord, my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you put your faith in Jesus, your sins are forgiven, you're saved. You're right with God. Uh, If you're online and you prayed that prayer with us, shoot us a message, DM us. Uh, in whatever account you're watching on or email us at info at oakschurch.com. We wanna connect with you, we wanna help you. Uh, we, wanna, we wanna be able to help you succeed in whatever way we possibly can. We're here for you, amen? Uh, and, but for those of you that are in the room, if you prayed that prayer and you really made a big decision for Jesus and you got right with Jesus today, we would love for you to let us celebrate with you. Just acknowledge that decision and this is why. Jesus said, if you acknowledge me in front of people, I'll acknowledge you in front of my Father in heaven. But if you deny me in front of people, I'll deny you in front of my Father in heaven. So it's a pretty important thing that we're not embarrassed. Because guess what? All of us need Jesus. So today may be your day. You're like, you know what, Joel? I needed that and I got right with God today. Be proud of that. That takes guts. That takes courage to admit that you need help and to get right with God. That's nothing to be ashamed of. Doesn't matter if you've been saved for 20 years. you, You can get right with God again. That's the beauty of this thing. So if that's you, I want you to be bold. I want you to be proud of that. And I want you to allow us to celebrate because there may be somebody in this room that's been praying for you and they've been praying for this miracle of God to happen in your life and you wanna share that, amen? So if that's you and you made a real decision for Jesus today to come to him, to come back to him or to give your life to him for the first time, would you be that bold? Say, that's me, Joel, ready, go. One, two, three, be bold, be bold. Anybody in the room? There's one right there, God bless you. There's one right there, God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? I got right with God today, anybody else? an awesome decision that's an awesome decision praise god would you do me a favor would you would you let me pray with you real fast would you that raise your hand would you just come here i just want to actually be the one to to actually pray for you personally today just something special i i, I know i don't want to embarrass anybody but this is powerful i'm going to lay my hands on you and i'm going to pray over you the bible very clear what happens with the transition with laying on of hands thank you jesus i'm glad you're here man come over here god bless you thank you so much i'm so glad you came baby would you help me pray Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these beautiful people called by your name that had the courage, the guts to say yes to you today and to give themselves to you. Father, I ask you that you would pour out your spirit on them, that you would strengthen them, that you would give them courage and boldness in the name of Jesus, that you would help them to live for you powerfully, that you would align them with your spirit and that you would give them victory in Jesus' name. I thank you for protecting them, providing for them, watching out for them, giving them a a connection to you, a direct connect in the name of Jesus. They would hear your voice. They would follow your name. They would walk in the fullness of who you've called them to be in Jesus' name amen 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 god bless you thank you so much for being with us today god bless you sir thank you thank you all right guys we love you we're grateful next week's father's day don't miss it. it's gonna be fun brandon we hope this message has blessed your life and if it has we want to invite you to sow into what god is doing here at oaks church it's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the give button on behalf of oaks church thanks again for listening and have a great week